It's Data Privacy Week 2022, and I cannot let the week go by without bringing awareness about our data and your privacy. Our data has value, and it's time for us to own our privacy. The question, though, is do we know how or where to begin? The answer is to educate ourselves. As our motto goes, education is the best prevention. Welcome back to the Consumer Toolbox. I'm your host, Milagros. In recognition of Data Privacy Week, I will dedicate this episode to our data and our privacy. Let me begin by reminding you that we must do better at being mindful of our online privacy. Whether it's a website that we visit, a social media account we have, or an app we download, we need to make informed decisions about what information we share. Our content has value, not just to us, but to others as well. We want to protect and act on how our information is collected, processed, shared, and used. This is equally important to both individuals and businesses. We must take control of our data. Again, we want to own our privacy. Not taking control could potentially put us at risk of our private information falling into the hands of a malicious threat, putting us at risk for financial disaster. With our personal information, a malicious individual could commit identity or financial theft, or even medical identity theft. And speaking of identity theft... Next week happens to be Identity Theft Awareness Week, so you will want to listen to next week's episode to learn how you can better avoid falling victim. Just last evening, my husband and I were having a discussion on passwords and the overwhelming management of having so many different passwords, both personal and at work. Did you hear me say the word different You see, the most common mistakes consumers make when it comes to passwords is using the same password on all of their accounts. Take this for example. If a hacker can get into one account by getting access to your password, or better yet, guessing your password, who's to say he won't get into your other accounts? Mm Mm-hmm, yes, it's that easy. But you see, you have options. For one, you can write them down on a notepad, which you can then keep secured at home. But if that idea doesn't work for you, you can use a trustworthy, perhaps paid subscription for a password manager app to keep track of all of your passwords. If you do this, all you need to do is create one strong password for the password manager app so that you can gain access to your other passwords. However, may I suggest that you change your password to the app on a regular basis, perhaps every three months or so, at a very minimum. Oh, and please remember never to share your password with anyone. Doing this could compromise access to all of the other accounts you have stored in the Password Manager app. Moving along, allow me to share with you some tips on how you can own your privacy. You want to make sure to always make informed decisions about the information you want to share. Be wary, or better yet, be skeptical of apps that collect your personal information. You want to do the same with the services you use as well. 
Many of the apps we use are not just for personal purposes, but maybe for fun or entertainment. I'm referring to social media accounts or games. What you want to do is you want to weigh the benefits of the return you get for using those apps. Are you allowing them access to your photos, contacts, files, camera, or microphone? If so, ask yourself, do the benefits of using the app outweigh you not keeping control of your privacy? Earlier this month, I decided to download a calendar so that I could better organize my work and personal schedules. I did my due diligence. I researched the app, I read the reviews, and narrowed it down to one. A free one, to be exact. However, before I signed up for it, I read its terms and conditions. I quickly learned that I would be granting them access to nearly everything on my mobile device in exchange for using their calendar. Let me tell you, I deleted the app faster than I downloaded it. So I'm pretty sure that if you do a list of the pros and cons, you're likely not going to download any app. Or if you are already using it, you might just delete it once you learn that you have allowed them access to your personal private information that is more than likely irrelevant to your using their app. Make sure that you keep the apps on your devices up to date. Doing this is going to secure and, of course, protect your device and information from being compromised or hacked. If you have apps on your devices that you're not using, you may want to delete them right away. It's also equally important that you log out of apps when you're not using them. This is going to give you added protection and security. So let me go back to passwords for a minute. Be sure that you enable multi-factor authentication on all of your apps and accounts. This is critical with apps that link to your financial accounts or that contain confidential and personal information. Let me share with you some other tips that a lot of consumers find quite helpful. Most accounts and apps require you to provide security answers. If you're ever locked out of your account or forget your password, for example, those answers are helpful to get into your account. But here's my take on this. Don't be honest with your answers and never answer the one where you have to give your mother's maiden name. This one, I must say, is a no-brainer for any hacker. If the question is, what high school did you attend? Don't give the correct answer. Make something up. And here's why. A hacker can easily gather information from other social websites or do research online to find out the answer. By not giving the correct answer, it's going to leave the hacker guessing the answer until sunrise or sunset without the possibility of gaining access to your account. With this said, you want to minimize the amount of personal information you share on your social media accounts. Oh, and let me share this other tip with you. Have you ever signed up for a new account by linking to another one of your accounts? For example, you're asked to sign up through your Facebook, Google, or maybe Amazon account. This method of logging in is called social login. I like to call it a convenient trap. In other words, it's a trap to get us to allow a new account 
to link to another one of our social accounts in lieu of the inconvenient traditional method of creating yet another new password. This is a perfect example of how convenience can outweigh the disadvantage of our losing control of our privacy and what information is gathered and transferred from one party to the other. Think about it. It's a way for a new account to gain entry to a locked account behind closed doors. At least this is how I see it and I can best describe it. If we're putting ourselves, our data and privacy at risk, then why do we do this? As I just said, convenience. Good old convenience. It's a quick, simple, and yes, convenient way. It's an easy way for us to avoid having to create, as I said, yet another password. But here's the honest truth. When using social login, we are waving away our privacy for a case of convenience. By doing this, we are allowing one account to share our personal profile data and personal preferences with another. And did I mention that when we choose convenience over privacy, we aren't always allowed the opportunity to review or read its terms and conditions in advance. But here's what's most concerning. If one of those two websites gets hacked, our login credentials and personal information on both websites are then compromised. So to wrap things up, know that everything we do online generates data. Data that is then collected, shared, and used to another's advantage and or profit. And remember that it's time for us to respect our own privacy and safeguard our data. Because if we don't, there's no promise or guarantee that others will. To learn more about this international effort to empower individuals and encourage businesses to respect privacy, safeguard data, and enable trust, or to join virtual events this week, visit staysafeonline.org. That's staysafeonline.org. So for now, I say to you, as always, stay safe, be well, and be sure to stay well informed. Until next time. If you like what you heard, I encourage you to rate and subscribe to this podcast and be sure to share your new knowledge with others. I welcome your thoughts, comments, feedback, and of course, your questions. You can email them to the consumer toolbox at gmail.com.